Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Kivecast, the first Kivecast of 2024. Uh, yes. We had a little bit of time off um, over Christmas, New Year, all that kind of thing. While uh, we get back into the swing of things, obviously we left you on quite a high. Uh, great week of content uh, just before Christmas, where uh, the club were kind enough to allow us to speak to the directors of the club, and of course. Uh, Ian Fulton as well. Uh, that was a really, really insightful uh, kind of hour-long chat. So do head back if you didn't listen to that. And uh, we had a we had a fantastic chat on uh, on Christmas Eve. Uh, we released the episode with Craig Lingard, which I absolutely loved. And um, what's nice is a few a few of the things that kind of were discussed that day uh, are kind of coming to fruition already, which is really, really nice. But we're back. Twenty twenty four. The Kivecast is back. Uh, it's going to be here all season long, hopefully weekly, as much as we possibly can. I'm Ross Williams, your host. Uh, Adam, how are things, mate? How are you? I'm good, mate. Happy New Year to everybody listening. I know it's, what, we're into the third week of the year, so it feels mm. a bit overdue saying that. But it, it's been a little while since it's just been me and yourself. It's quite nice to get it back to just just the two of us. Not that we don't enjoy having such wonderful guests on like we have done sort of the back end of the year, but it's great to be just be us two having a bit of a natter about all things Cast Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. Just good to have a proper rugby league chat as we're going to do today. A little bit wide reaching as well, not just yeah. Cast yes. uh, today. And it is apparently Blue Monday as we're recording yeah. this, which is supposedly the most depressing day of the year. So uh, this is brightening my day substantially. Uh, you probably hear this on Tuesday, but regardless, hope this uh, brightens up your week. So yeah, apparently the most depressing week of the year. No scientific, no scientific evidence at all, but people just like to jump on it. Marketing it, marketing nah, schemes. Always. schemes. Yeah, um, probably going to be a factor in one of our conversations, <laughs> as it usually is uh, over the course of the next hour or so. We always bring marketing yes. into it. We um, but we're going to kick things off. This is going to be our predictions episode, but we're just going to kick things off with some of the kind of new changes around the game and things like that. Uh, in 2024, some of the bigger talking points before we get into our kind of Super League slash Challenge Cup predictions kind of overall, uh, and then our predictions uh, for Cast uh, overall, of course, which we'll finish off the podcast with. So, yeah, 2024, rugby's back, games are happening. Obviously, Cast got their first win of the calendar year. Uh, yesterday, as we recorded this, we went over to Keithley uh, and put 54 points past them. And um, I couldn't make it, sadly, but all I heard was a pretty, pretty good performance overall, mm-hmm. obviously. The opposition is what it is, and that's just, that's just part and parcel of it. But from the highlights we've seen and some of the reports, pretty, pretty good. And we'll come on to Castle a little bit later on. Um, but some of the things were in effect uh, over in Keefley last night and a few other games as well, namely the Rook rules, which are now in in place, uh, in place for the, for the foreseeable. Um, without going to the nitty-gritty of it and kind of going into the, the, the proper points and the laws of the game and stuff like that, they're just trying to clean up the, the play of the ball, aren't they? That's really what we're trying to do. Um, is it is it overdue? Is it something you think is going to be a good thing? Uh, what's your overall kind of take on the new rook rules, Adam? The ultimate aim that they are trying to do, as you say, is clean up the rook, speed up the game, which is all what we're trying to do. Make sure there's more time with the ball in play. We're seeing more action. It's better for people to watch, which is obviously what we're trying to do. We're trying to make the product of Super League better because obviously we're looking at that TV deal if it's more entertaining to watch leads to hopefully fingers crossed more money into the sport so I think it's it's definitely a role which probably is right to come in yeah 
I think it's caught a few teams out over the pre-season. Um, you're hearing rumour, uh, kind of the journals going over it, sort of uh, after each game. Normally coming out on social media, telling us how many penalties there were. There's obviously the the new tackle height as well, uh, which is obviously a contribution to that. I think it's a move in the right direction for sure. It, it it's going to make this game a lot better to watch. Obviously, there'll be some teething problems at the beginning, like there mm. is whenever there's a rule change. We'll all we'll we see it every year almost when we bring in this new rule. We'll probably have a few sim binnings because of it, especially yeah. the tackle height one. So it's it's gonna probably be a little bit scrappy to begin with that sort of first four or five weeks. But once everybody's to grips with it, it'll be business as usual, and I'm sure we'll 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 see some great action. Yeah, I think so. I think of all the kind of rules uh, that have been brought in, kind of because it seems to be every single year now, doesn't it? There's some kind of n- group of new rules that are brought in. Some of them, I can give or take, really. Yeah. I, I think this one in particular, this feels like a good long term one uh, that they really need to commit to. And as you say, there were team problems. There probably will be more play the ball. Uh, penalties, for example, given in the first few weeks of the season. Um, and the reason for that is the bloke with the ball hasn't played it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is as simple as that. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing with this rule, isn't it? It's like, it is a new rule, but when you really go into the kind of the wording of it, it's, it's kind of not. Like it, A lot of it is just kind of consolidating what should have been penalised anyway, to be honest, and has kind mm. of just been let go uh, over the last kind of 10, 15 years, really. Uh, I, I think one of the biggest... Um, positives for this rule and the biggest reasons why I, th- I think it has to come in come into play is uh, I know you probably watch a bit more than me and I know a lot of our uh, listeners watch a lot of NRL they play the ball so much cleaner yeah. <laughs> so much crisper they actually put the foot on the ball they actually do play it properly you watch a lot of our games over the last five ten years you could probably pick out four every set uh, yeah. to be honest where they've, they've really not made an effort to kind of play the ball correctly and it's, a, it's supposed to be a fundamental rule of the game, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and the fact it's just been let go for so long is probably a bit of an issue. And ultimately, this is a rule brought in. Well, again, it's not really, almost doesn't feel like a new rule. I think it's just a consolidation of an old rule. Um, that's ultimately just, it's ultimately causing an increase in skill, isn't it? Um, and for that, I, I don't think it can be a bad thing. No, it's definitely not a bad thing. Any, any sort of rules to sort of, in that ilk, is only going to help the game. So hopefully we don't see too many issues with it. Hopefully we don't see a massive increase in penalties. Hopefully these teams are drilling it now, obviously in pre-season. They've known long enough that the rules coming in. Obviously the pre-season games might be a little bit scrappier. Mm. Get a few games under the belt with these new rules. Hopefully by the time we kick Super League off in just a few weeks' time now, really. Season fast approaching. Um, Hopefully we'll be somewhat okay with the rules and players will have their heads around it yeah. we'll see I think so I think so I think last part of this is in terms of some of the rules that are brought in like the six again is obviously the most yeah. kind of controversial one I suppose I think the problem with the six again rule and I do kind of agree with this is it can favour a team mm. uh, I think the frankly teams can be built to kind of exploit the six again rule <laughs> really I think we've seen it um, this you can't really. I think it's a very much a level playing field rule as they all should be. And you know, any team from National League right up to right up to Super League has got just the right 
just the same amount of opportunity to not get penalised. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. I think six again can really punish a team. This should be 50-50, really, uh, throughout the year in terms of how it's penalised. There might be more penalties, yes, but if there's six more penalties a game, there's a much more chance of this being three and three rather than six and none, I think, which is ultimately not really a bad thing. I I think we can live with that. Um, I think ultimately what it does as well is prove that Christian Wolf was right, wasn't he? When he came, when he came <laughs> over with uh, when he came over with Tonga, I mm. think I think England looked really a bit daft on the on the back of that in hindsight now because obviously Tonga came over for the Test series and after losing the first game, Christian Wolf made a comment about the ruck speed and the kind of the, mm. the messiness of the ruck and all that kind of stuff. And I think England and Sean Wayne in particular saw that as an opportunity to just kind of manufacture a bit of beef. I guess, and try and create a bit of animosity. It didn't really work. I don't think the fans really got behind it. But it just made them look a bit silly because like, about a month later, the league just went, yeah, it's probably right. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the to clean it up. So It just came across as a bit of schoolyard squabble, really, didn't it? Yeah. He, he said, she said, it's just didn't really turn into anything. But yeah, I know I know exactly what you mean. I completely agree. So, um, but yeah, we'll see. Hundred uh, percent. Another what? Well, another couple of rules I suppose have come in, uh, which we'll talk about briefly. Um, the eighteenth man rule has changed ever so slightly. This is just a common sense one for me, and I can't believe it, it wasn't really the is. case anyway. But uh, for those unaware, um, the eighteenth man rule. Obviously, I think teams have been able to name an eighteenth man for at least a season, maybe two. I can't remember, uh, if it's gone a whole two years. But um, essentially, now if you lose two players off the bench. Uh, due to HIA or basically, I think it might just be HIAs. I'm not sure. Yeah. Or some kind of yeah, some kind of injury that knocks them out of the game. Anyway, if you lose two players rather than three, which it was previously, uh, you can now bring your 18th man onto the bench, um, which is great and makes complete sense because the 18th man rules there have been for at least a season, and I've not seen it used. So what's the point in it if you're not yeah. going to allow it to happen? How how many games do you see where there's three HIAs total? Never mind, just for one team. Yeah. Um. Definitely been games where there's been two, but three seems to be a, a a huge irregularity. Um. It's more likely if you do end up going down to just one sub, it's kind of a mixture of HIAs and other injuries. Yeah. So, yeah. it's very rare that that 18th man would ever be used. So definitely, that's definitely a good switch to help keep the balance of a game. Yeah, hundred percent. I think a good example is when we played Warrington. Uh, the back in the last year, I think we lost two in the first half, and then Jason Garagai who just kind of sat there in his bib, like <laughs> it would the perfect opportunity to then bring the 18th man yeah. on, uh, and the game went, didn't it? The game, I think we were in a good position at that point. The game went as a result of those injuries, oh, and, yeah. uh, and that was that. And you know, that that was a televised game. You know, I think it makes a lot of sense just to slightly adjust that rule. We'll probably see the 18th man used a little bit more uh, in Super League this season, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, another rule which is not necessarily on the field, uh, but it's one you want to bring up. Um, yes. I'm hoping you know a little bit more about it than I do because I don't really. So I'm not going into the nitty gritty of it, but there seems to be a little bit more leeway in terms of Queensland and New South Wales Cup players and players of that ilk being able to enter Super League and the Championship and generally the UK uh, as of now, I think. Yes. Uh, now. Straight away. Do you want to yeah, explain? As, as of now. So. Normally, or in the past, uh, definitely it's been a case of if we're recruiting overseas players, um, they've needed to play, I think it's 50% of NRL games or a vast majority of international games. Obviously, that's yeah. how cast 
sort of last year and this season, uh, before like last week, we're able to recruit Liam Horn, Jabel Tassapale, Nixon Port, Sly Namo. Yeah. Because these guys have played internationally. And unfortunately, not NRL wise, but it's through the international game. Whereas now, basically last week, maybe the week before, um, the home office kind of passed a rule now where if a player has played 75% of the last season's Queensland or New South Wales Cup games, they can also now get a visa. And we've already seen that sort of change in rules used. Wakefield brought in Isaiah Vanganar already and have jumped straight on it. We know, obviously, being cast fans, we know how intelligent Pauli is. He's seen that coming. I reckon that's a player they've been looking at with this rule potentially coming in the background, thinking, well, if this rule comes in midway through the year towards the end of the 2024 season, this is a player that we can get for 2025. Um, and I'm sure with the rule being changed now, Paul has gone, get him in. Yeah, yeah so, 100%. So it means we can, there's more leeway in bringing over these guys Another, sorry, it's 75% of games for under 24-year-olds right? Okay. as well. I missed, I missed that detail out. So it's under 24-year-olds. So it is these guys that are on the younger end. It's not your established mm-hmm. kind of New South Wales Cup um, campaigners. It's these guys that are maybe on the fringes of a NRL team, probably on the bottom end of the top 30 maybe on training trial deal, deals every kind of off-season. Um, I just think it'll promote more young talent to come over to Super League and really kind of give it a go. Yeah, I know. I think London have signed a half-back as well today, haven't they, from, yeah. the, from the Queensland Cup. I think they've brought, uh, they brought a player in as well. And yeah, we're just going to see more and more of it. And dare I say, we absolutely nailed this on the podcast months ago because we, we were did. saying this is probably the way... Uh, well, we hoped it was the way Super League going to go, but we kind of said it's the way it should go. Um, yeah, there's been a clear shift, and I think for for once, I suppose we probably led the way a little bit, Cass, in terms of um, using this kind of approach and kind of looking uh, beyond the NRL and actually looking into, the, into this pool of players that that we could. And obviously, the pool just opened up a little bit wider. Um, but yeah, naturally, Super League has to go this route. We can't afford yeah. to be bringing in your top, top-end NRL players, look at the difference in the salary cap, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And clearly, uh, there is a big issue around pay, even now, even with the salary cap as it is uh, in the NRL. Obviously, the NRLPA have had all kinds of chats over the last year or so. There's a, there's a real drive to make sure those players in Australia are paid uh, a fair bit more than they certainly were a few years ago. We just can't compete with that. Uh, we can't compete with that Super League at the moment. It's a sad fact. There's the odd, there's the odd few that will come over. Uh, Matt Moylan, probably someone we're going to talk about in a little bit. It is one that's come over. Uh, there'll be the odd few that do come from the uh, the top league. Uh, Wacker Blake as well. I suppose he's gone, yeah. uh, gone to Saints, but it's not going to be like it was. Uh, you're not going to see a, a Jamie Lyon, for example, many many years ago. Danny Badiris, those kind of players. It's going to be very very tough for us to get it those. Is. We are the proving ground now. We've got to be aware that we are the proving ground. And honestly, ask any whole KR player uh, fan last year looking at Brad Schneider or something like that. Is that a bad thing? I don't think it's a bad thing, personally. Um, you know, as you said, we've got a number of players on our books that I think um, they might only be for a year or two, but I think they're going to elevate the club and elevate the team. Certainly, your Liam Horns, your Charbel Tassipalas, uh, you know, both set off on the right foot yesterday, for example, with a big preseason behind them makes an awful lot of sense and I think a lot of teams are going to be exploiting it 
uh, in the not too distant future. Um, so that's something to look forward to over the next few years. Final point then before we get into our actual predictions uh, in terms of kind of naming players and all that kind of thing. The big change, I suppose, well, is the big change uh, going for 2024 is just the sheer amount of rugby league we're going to be able to watch oh, <laughs> over yes. the course of the next <laughs> over the course of the next kind of eight months or so. Um, every single game is going to be broadcast. Uh, we've discussed this before previously, yeah. uh, of course, but since we've spoken to you last, uh, the BBC. Uh, have signed a deal to show, although it's not actually been announced yet. But I mean, it was in it was in the mail, was it? Um, so I yeah. think we can be pretty pretty confident it's going to happen. Um, the BBC are going to be showing twelve games uh, per season for the next three years, uh, which obviously means it's the, it's the Channel Four deal, basically yeah. uh, that they've taken that on. Um, first and foremost, before we talk about the the wider prospects of obviously all the games being streamed, uh, what what was your take on the BBC deal? I saw a few naysayers. Generally positive. Where, where do you fall? Well, the, it, the Channel 4 production of it all has been nothing but positive. Yeah. I feel like that's one thing that the whole sport can agree on, is getting it on a channel where everybody's got access to. It's in a prime, normally a prime Saturday afternoon slot. Hmm. Not too much rivalry in terms of other sports, really. No. So getting it on the BBC can only increase that. Obviously, it's been a, a home of rugby league for a, a number of years with the Challenge Cup. Yeah. So it's probably an audience that's already well aware of rugby league. Um, it can only improve the kind of reach of the sport. So it's great. And having it as a three-year deal, whereas mm. I believe the Channel 4 was just kind of a year-to-year thing, Seemed to be rolling, didn't it? Yeah. Yes. So having a three-year deal guaranteed, nailed down, shows a bit of commitment from the BBC, which I think is only good again. Because having this uncertainty of, oh, we don't know if Channel 4 will want to redo re-up next year. Obviously, once sort of the Sky deal finishes, where are we going to be at? Hmm. Maybe it goes on to the BBC full-time if they're really happy with how it's gone. It opens up a number of doors and it lets BBC sort of have a look at the sport wider than just the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Probably for not a lot of money, if any. So I know Channel 4 paid peanuts. Well, they paid the production costs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it, the mean. wording in the mail article was outbid. Mm. Um, but does that mean that Channel 4 is, we're only going to pay 75% of the production yeah. costs, for example? Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean there's a massive bidding war no. and stuff like that. It's probably not the case, but I would suggest it's a very similar deal with maybe a little bit more on top. If they spring, sprinkle a little bit of money our way on top of production's costs, I'm sure that'll have swayed it. Yeah. So, But for me, only positive, really. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, there was a few negative comments flying around because I mean, it's rugby league news, of course. Well, yeah. um, <laughs> like I think I put on Twitter, you know, they, they could play at the bottom of the garden and they'd still be oh, yeah. <laughs> some people would still be upset. Um, I, I think I, I think some of that stems from, as you say, the the production and the broadcast on Channel Four was excellent, yeah. and it has been really really good. Uh, over the last two years or so, it's been nice season, kind of fresh faces. Obviously, Adam Hills was a great presenter, although we didn't get him every show. Uh, he was excellent when he did it. Some it kind of, although we'd heard Mark Wilson and um, Kyle Moore before as a double act uh, a little bit, it kind of was their big moment. I suppose to really show 
bloody hell, he's good. Uh, really good in commentary, and they kind of own that spot. So I, I understand that because obviously we don't know any details, but I would assume the broadcast will be very similar to its Channel 4 broadcasting. You hope um, so. When it starts, which is fine. Uh, and that's the thing. It, it, is the broadcast going to be as inventive and energetic as as it was on Channel 4 it's on the BBC? Probably not. No, it probably will feel very much like it has for many years and on off on the Challenge Cup. You're probably yeah. going to get maybe Chapman more likely to your Arnold presenting. Yeah. You're probably going to get Dave Woods on commentary. You're probably going to get Brian Noble and Jonathan Davis. It is what it is. It's not perfect. And I'd love to see them put some more fresh faces into it. But at the same time, I think, as you've said, a three-year deal is a serious commitment on terrestrial TV. There's not many sports doing that uh, at the moment. I mean, for example, cricket, for example. Cricket's just had a great summer. The India Test Series is very, very soon in the next few weeks. Maybe, mm. is it next week? I don't know. It's very, very soon. Coming on. That's not on terrestrial TV. The the, the, no. the broadcast rights are still out the tender, but that's not on terrestrial TV just yet. You know, there's some major major sports who really struggle to get a spot. This could be, this is going to be half five on a Saturday, I believe. Probably every kind of three weeks by the looks of things to get ten get to ten twelve games in in a prime Six Nations spot, really, yeah. because that's yeah. what it is after the Six Nations finishes. It so it's really got is. that kind of semblance of rugby. Can't be a bad thing. It cannot be a bad thing, and that will. It will probably give us our biggest viewing figures in some time, to be honest, as a sport. Uh, it'll surpass every Super League game on Sky, uh, pretty much, because people forget just how few people actually watch on Sky because the subscription, how, how much it costs. Threshold TV is absolutely huge. I, I think it's I think it's a big, big deal um, to have those 12 games. And yeah, hopefully they do play around with the broadcast a little bit. But if not, it's still ultimately a lot, ultimately a lot more eyeballs on the game and I don't think that can be a bad thing. It's interesting it is the three years, as you say, because three years on BBC, I think the Sky deal's three years, right? Yeah, yeah. it takes it up to about the same time, which is, it just makes sense. That feels like the ultimate moment, doesn't it, in 2027, yeah. I guess, because that will be probably streaming or bust at that point. That that feels like a, a real crunch time for even Sky, you know what I mean? Even your big TV channels are clearly going that direction. Even Sky are probably in the next two, three years going to really go the streaming route rather yeah. than selling boxes. That's probably the where they're going to go. Um, so at least we've got some stability until there is just a massive shift for everyone, not just rugby league. It's going to be a massive, massive shift. And yeah, at that point, we'll probably be happy to have an IMG on board, I think, just to yeah. kind of steady the ship a little bit. But um, <laughs> God knows what happens in 2027. But at least we've got some stability until that point. Um, so, yeah, exciting. Exciting, I think, to get BBC on, on board for the next, next three years. And, um, yeah, in terms of the games overall, it would seem, at least for the first two rounds of the season, every single game's on Sky Sports, on the actual main channels, which is remarkable, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice to see, obviously, we... We were still in a little bit of limbo of how exactly all these games were going to be broadcast. And it's it's nice to now see them come out, confirm mm. what channel every game's going to be on, showcase that it's going to be on main channels. It's not sort of hidden behind Red Button or yeah. online services or, or, or anything like that. It, it, it is actually on on TV. You will mm. be able to you'll be able to look at your skybox and pick the game. So that's only positive. If they're going to show that level of support throughout the season, is obviously it's yet to be seen. Mm. Hopefully, they do it for the majority of the season. Yeah, is probably my hope. 
Um, it's great to have these staggered kickoff times as well. Gives you opportunity to watch more rugby league for rugby league nerds like ourselves. I'm sure we'll be picking up certain games because there's nothing much else on TV, probably to the detriment of our, our poor partners. Um, oh <laughs> <laughs> of course, a few arguments around the uh, TV remote, which I'm sure it will across the nation, across sort of other rugby league fans. But yeah, it, it, it's a move that's definitely a positive one to get them all on TV. I know there's people saying that it's going to affect attendances. I tell you now, it probably won't. If it does, it'll be a very minuscule effect. Yeah. So, yeah, nothing but good signs, I'd say, heading into 2024. Yeah, the people complaining about attendances or at this at this stage, the people actively going out of their way to mention on social media, this will affect attendances, yeah. are probably people who don't go to games anyway. Yeah. But that's that's well. I won't be right completely. Don't be wrong. But percentage wise, they're at least the people who are very much on the fence. Yeah. Um, and it is their prerogative. That's fine. Fine. I mean, you know, the idea is that more people who watch on Sky builds the value of the product anyway. So it does kind of. It's not a complete car crash rugby league. If because <laughs> that's the thing. If the attendances go down, it means loads of people are watching on telly. Yeah. Ultimately, as long as you're watching, <laughs> the rugby league is relatively happy. To be fair, so I don't no. think that's that's a, that's a massive, massive deal, or certainly not as big a deal as people people are suggesting. Um, yeah, good to see them on the Sky channels for the first two weeks. I don't think it'll last forever, and like I say, I think it'll be midway through the year, maybe till like Easter or something. I think that might be the case. I've got a sneaking suspicion that the app that was planned isn't ready yet, and that's yeah. why they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> which is very rugby league because uh, we did we were told there was some kind of super league app or an, like an extension of the our league app or whatever it might be in the new year is what was said went out the 15th of january heard absolutely nothing so i do wonder whether sky ever's gone will carry them until that's ready but <laughs> typical isn't it rugby league. <laughs> i do think i do think that's probably the case but but here we are i'm not going to complain because as you say you get your pick of all the games uh, I just hope the broadcast quality is really good. And it yeah. should. The thing is, it probably confirms it will be, which is good. I think the fact that Sky are willing to take it all their channels means that, that was the fear with the streaming, wasn't it? Is is the actual quality? Is the cameras going to be good? Are you going to get decent comms? That kind of thing. If they're willing to carry it on Sky Sports Arena and Sky Sports Main Event and mix whatever it is, there's a certain level they've got to hit. So that is positive. That is really, really positive that at least standards are going to be to a certain level. So, yeah, it's exciting. Not, it's not just going to be somebody stood on a gantry, one one camera angle. Yeah, I would suspect. Obviously, if they're going to have video ref at every game, they need more than just one angle. So, yeah. fingers crossed, we're going to have some really good content and some really good games to watch. Hope so. Hope so. I'm I'm confident. Confident. Mm. Speaking of content and games and a season that uh, takes place in just over a month's time or just under a month's time, let's get into our predictions then. So first of all, first of all, we're going to talk about Super League in its entirety with a little bit of Challenge Cup sprinkled in. So we're going to predict our signing of the season, breakout player of the season, top try scorer, man of steel, uh, the Challenge Cup winner and the Super League winner. And then essentially what we'll do is we'll do the equivalent awards just for Cass. Uh, afterwards um so yeah super league super league signing of the season um there's some big names some big names coming in this year some interesting moves yes what games are you throwing in straight away so you mentioned big names obviously 
Wigan's probably at home for a few of those big names you mentioned. Luke, you talk about Luke Thompson coming back in. Yep. You look at guys like uh, Jaden Nicarima at Catalans. These guys that have got big, big NRL experience. Matt Moylan, a name that we mentioned earlier that you said we'd yep. talk about. He's the first name I've got down as signing as the, of the season. I've gone for two. I've been cheeky. That's why I've got like four. Nice. So <laughs> I've gone for two. I've been I've been good really. Um, so Matt Moylan obviously joining Lee as the accomplice to Lachlan Lamb. Yeah, I feel like's a very scary combination. Mm. If you think about the player that he's replacing and probably the guy that played six most of all for Lee last year is Ben Reynolds. Yeah. No, no offense to Ben. But I'm sure even he'd say that Matt Moylan's a cut above his level and probably even further. Well, with respect to Ben Reynolds, and I like Ben Reynolds, I think, I, I'm surprised he's where he's at, to be honest. But um, yeah. he's signed for Fev, hasn't he? He's playing championship yeah. this Captain year. At Fev this year. Yeah, so he's playing championship at Fev, and Matt Mullen has an Australia cap. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a big stride. I don't think it's, I don't think it's being disrespectful, to be no. fair. I think it's what it is, yeah. I just want to be nice on this podcast. I don't want to be seen <laughs> as bashing anybody. Um, so Matt Moylan, the ability that he brings to the game, the obviously he talked about and played it um, Australia there. I believe he's played uh, State of Origin before. He, he, he's, I believe he's won an NRL title. He may have done. He's, I, been, I at, he's been at some teams recently that have won titles. Mm. Not a, should have probably done a bit more research, but when you've got a nine to five and we're recording this literally at about half five, we started this with with both maybe coming here a bit undercooked. He's uh, a good player. He's a very good player, <laughs> unbelievable player. And I'll move on to my second player that I've put down here. Now, he's a signing that's gone to Wigan, but probably not the one you'd think about. Interesting. And I've gone for Adam Kieran, who's obviously moved across from Catalans. Yeah. Had an unbelievable season with Catalans. You think about the tries he scored, his goal kicking will be absolutely invaluable to Wigan. Because I yeah. feel like the one knock the yeah. one knock on Wigan kind of last year with the goal kicking, even though they went and won he, the he kinda yeah, he kind of figured it out, Harry Smith, didn't it towards the end? Yeah. It was a big it was a big talking point for a lot of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, he kind of his best games were probably the last two. Yeah. Which if you're gonna turn it on, why not for kind of semi final and grand final? Perfect. But as you say, majority of the season, he didn't really look like he knew what he was doing. He kind of they kind of tried a few different guys. But I feel like Adam Kieran, taking that centre spot over from Toby King, who's obviously gone back to Warrington. Yeah. In probably one of the most attacking sides we've ever seen in Super League. You talk about the players that are in there, Jai Field, Bevan French. You've got Miski, you've got obviously Kieran himself, you've so many players, he can, he can kind of just go on. I think like he is going to have an absolutely unbelievable season and I feel like he could be up there again to make team of the season. I believe he did this year. Um, I wouldn't be a surprise if he had an outside shout to make Man of Steel. Very good player. I like Adam Kieran a lot and he's one of those players as well. I think obviously he did come over here after I think a season with the Roosters and played yeah. a, fair, a few NRL games but uh, I believe it was also, I don't know if it was season before, uh, a really stand-up performer for, I believe it was the New Time Jets, uh, yeah. the New South Wales Cup. 
uh, scored an awful lot of points down there and one of those kind of success stories again coming through that competition. Yeah. Um, excellent play. As you say, it's, because the one shame I guess Warren, uh, Wigan would have <laughs> had last year was King and Wardle started playing so well after Toby yeah. King was just in the wilderness for a couple of years and then obviously they recalled him <laughs> he's got to go back because he's uh, he's only, he only counts as 50k against Warren's cap doesn't he because he's um homegrown. he's a homegrown player so obviously he had to go over that um, but yeah to bring Kieran in just a, a fantastic bit of business as you say there's a fair bit of business done uh, at Wigan this year a name you've not mentioned is actually in one of my shouts to be fair uh, so you're going with Matt Moylan and uh, Adam Kieran. I did have Moylan written down. I won't talk yep. about him now because you already have. So I've got three other names written down, but I'll commit to one. First of all, I'm going to go Brody Croft because I've got to throw yep. it in there. The thing with Croft, which almost maybe puts him above Moylan in my eyes as a signing right now, is I know exactly what Brody Croft's going to do this oh, season. Yeah. We don't necessarily... There hasn't been halfbacks in the past have come over and it's taken a while, maybe not quite got into the swing of things. Obviously, it's a bit of a crazy situation at Lee. always is. God knows how, how he's going to deal with that. I'm sure it'll be fine. Brody Croft has been there, done it, won a man of steel, and now going into a great team where he's not going to be phased, uh, or a bit of big club at the very least. And I think Croft's got to be a consideration. The Wigan player, Sam Walters, and I know he's a, I know he's a younger player. I know he's a younger player. I know he's not necessarily uh, Luke Thompson, obviously, who they're bringing in as well, who's obviously the big hitter. Maybe not this season he'll be regarded as this, but you might look at it in three or four years' time. You go, well, I know what the sign of the season was in 2024 because yeah. Sam Walton is there. He's just, he looks like he could easily be the best prop in the league in a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Uh, and maybe not even that long. Uh, if we're being honest, he's an out. Leeds must be sick. They've had to let him go. Leeds must be absolutely sick. He's been poached by Wigan. Um, skillful, massive. Just, I mean, he's a player we mentioned right at the start, wasn't he? <laughs> One of the very first episodes. Obviously, he was never, we were never in the running. We were never in the running for him, but we mentioned a few props that we'd love to get on our list, and he was absolutely one of them because he was out of, out of contract. But yeah, Sam Walters would be a great sign, I think. Uh, and the other one I want to mention, again, a bit more of a wayward one, but can you explain to me why Hulk Air have let Jordan Adler go to Carlin? I haven't got a clue. Weird one, isn't it? It's one of them <laughs> deals that sort of came up, sort of over the in the new year time, and it, it definitely made me scratch my head a little mm. bit. And I'm like, it's interesting because obviously now there, you hear the rumours that now KR are scrambling round for a replacement for like a, a number three halfback. Yeah, and they're tapping up Luke Gale. I know they've had conversations with Featherstone about Ben Reynolds. But they had a player there in Abdul who's played international rugby. Yep. Yes, he's had his injury knocks. Was a Man of Steel nominee two yeah. seasons ago. On his day, he's an absolutely unbelievable player. It to let him go to one. such a rival, like Catalans are going to be battling for a very similar oh, spot yeah. in Super League that Hulke are going to be battling for. So mm. to let him go to like such a huge rival is strange. Yeah, and it's a loan deal. Won't be that expensive. No. McNamara has even said, I think there's obviously he can sign for free essentially halfway through the year if it goes yeah. well. He must just be thinking, how have I, <laughs> I managed this? Unless something's gone on behind the scenes, I don't know. But you mentioned earlier, obviously, they've signed Nick Karima. Uh, they brought Theo Farge back to France yeah. as well. And you just felt like that's two really good halfbacks, two very skillful halfbacks. Probably need that kicking game in there somewhere. Fixed, sorted. Abdul's probably got one of the biggest boots in, in the league. That could end up being an unbelievable signing. That, um, but and if it doesn't, 
Callum won't care because it's just a loan deal and it's it was worth it was worth a punt. Exactly. Um I'm gonna say Sam Waters is my pick, but Jordan Abdul is very much a um honorary mention, uh, I guess, in that one. Um okay, let's go to breakout player of the season then. Now I put this in like a week ago and we'd start planning this episode. It's really, really tough. So <laughs> it's tough. A, this is one I wrote because I wrote all these sections for CAS first, which is a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more <laughs> difficult for Super League, but uh, I'm intrigued to hear what name you've got anyway. Yeah, it definitely tested the knowledge. It definitely, this is the one that I've kind of had to go searching for. Hmm. And then it's almost like finding a name that would be considered a breakout, but you're trying to find somebody who isn't too well known or hasn't played too many games or hasn't been given the opportunity as much as he should have. Uh, which is definitely what this this guy that I've got down falls into that sort of category, especially the opportunities in his natural position. I feel like he's been very limited, uh, had a very, very good player ahead of him. He's the player that was ahead of him has now retired. I'm giving you a few clues, seeing if you can get it before I uh, before I let you know. He, he, he's a very... Whenever I've watched this guy play, he's been extremely excited, and he, he he's one of those players that you like kind of look at. He's been around a couple of years, and you think he's going to turn into something absolutely special. Given the chance, he's going to be absolutely unbelievable, and I think he could be one of the top two players at his own position if kind of developed right. Have you got him yet? No, that's quite a build up. <laughs> I've gone for Arthur Morg. Interesting. That's he's a good pick. He's That's been a good pick. stuck behind Sam Tompkins for that yeah, fullback yeah. position. Yeah, he sort of played it, and Sam's played halfback a little bit. He's come off the bench and played Ucker. He's he's maybe stuck in at six a little bit. He, yeah. He's been dotted around, and I feel like now with Sam Tompkins leaving, fullback's his position now to make and to really get hold of and and make it his own in Catalans. Obviously, now he's got. Three very experienced halfbacks in Theofage, uh, Nikarima, and obviously we mentioned Abdul signing to yep. play off the back of. He's got that massive forward pack that they've only recruited to uh, uh, again. Some talented wingers. You've got kind of Johnston, Davis, Yaha. I feel like there's an embarrassment of riches at, at Catalans at, at times in certain positions, and you sort of think, how are you going to fit all these guys in mm. to a 17 man squad? But I really do feel like Morg, I think he's sort of early 20s still. I think he's like 23, 24. I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like he could be somebody that we're looking at. You sort of say, best fullbacks in the league, Jack Wellsby, probably 101. After a year of playing, Morg could quite easily be that number two. It's a really strong pick. That's a really good shout. I'd not even thought about him, to be honest with you. I think... You know, that's the thing. He's kind of, he feels experienced, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. He, he's in. He's in that. Yeah, he feels like he's been around forever. And yeah, like I say, you look at his age and you go, oh, Christ, he's got a lot. He's got a lot more to go for him. Um, did he go to Okr for a little bit last year? Do I remember that? Was he one of the, those that went Okr the other way? I think Yaha did. No, I don't know if Morg did. No, it uh, were it were another, another young lad. Is that? No, Yaha did for a little bit. I might be thinking that. But um, either way, as you say, he couldn't really break through. Obviously, in the last few years. I mean, Tomkins is just. Two years removed from Manastilia, you know, it, yeah. it's been a, it's been a rough gig for him, but yeah, that's a really really good shout out to Morgan. Uh, he, he could well, he could probably create a really big deal for him as well. Uh, off the back of it, maybe someone else. 
Yeah. So that's a really solid pick. I go for a slightly younger player and someone who did break through a little bit last year, but I think this is the year where he could live up to his potential and become a, a, probably a starter or not, not far off a starter for his team and kind of, I mean, you just look at the size of him. It's easy, easy, easy to say. Um, George Delaney at Saints yeah. uh, is a young kid and talked about for a few years. This kind of feels like a year where he might just burst into the scene at some point and really kind of probably in a sky game and just blow someone apart. Similar yeah. to Sam Walters, to be honest, in the way he did it last year. I think they've lost a little bit of grunt in terms of obviously Louis McCaff's guards retired. Yeah. And there's a couple who've gone, even like players like Dan Norman and stuff that have left the club. I don't think they've signed a prop. Uh, or signed a kind of a big man, uh, really St. Ellen's. So that shows how much faith they've got in the academy and the players coming through. Delaney had a relatively, um, didn't have a massive number jersey last year, to be fair. I think he was knocking around. But I think this is the year we might see a hell of a lot of George Delaney playing just a lot of minutes for Saints and being just annoyingly good. <laughs> That's yeah. They often are coming through with that Saints system. But uh, just a, a young but giant human. And again, I think he could have a kind of a Sam Walters impact too. I think you'd argue probably would have been one of the breakout players last season. So yeah, I think absolutely. he's got the potential for that. Yeah, Delaney's another one off that conveyor belt of St. Ellen's youngsters that's it just seems never ending. Yeah. And it's almost it's frustrating for the rest of Super League to then sit there and have to watch great prop after great prop kind of come off it. I think you mentioned their their signings this year. I think the biggest player they've signed is Matt Whitley. Yeah. Obviously he's a out and out back rower. Yeah. So He's definitely going to get more game time with a, a few players that you've you've mentioned leaving. Uh, obviously, you've got guys like Wormsley who are getting older. Yeah, exactly. I think they they see him as the natural he's that, the natural replacement. Don't they? He's uh, big Al's replacement, hundred percent. And he's got to get minutes in order to get that. So, uh, yeah, George Laney would be my pick. Uh, we'll fly through some of these extra bits then because I know we're a little bit short on time today, and we want to get to the cast bit. Let's be honest, we'll get to the yeah. cast bit. Top try scorer, I'll go first because honestly, my pick's really easy. <laughs> my pick is really boring. I think he's the current favourite in the betting market. Um, we might have the same play. I'm, I'm struggling to see past Abbas Miskin now, to be honest, seeing as they signed into that deal, he hung around. I'll be honest, there might be a little bit of a Wigan theme to the rest of my predictions at the minute. and We've talked about them probably more than any other side so far. I've got Miskin for top try scorer. And I will absolutely join you in that prediction. Uh, you just can't see past him with the amount of talent that we're going to have got in the creative department. It's it's almost his to lose, really. Yeah, yeah I think so. You just mentioned the centre, obviously, the throwing in there as well in Kieran. And I don't, I'm not even sure which side he'll play, but oh no, if he has to play on Wardle's side, I'm sure yeah. that's fine. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a heck of a, a heck of a 13, to be honest with you. Before we get to Man of Steel, do we want to do Challenge Cup winner and Super League winner? Because I feel like... <laughs> There might be a little bit of a trend in one of the one or two. Yeah, fair enough. Um, um, go. All right, I'll go for Challenge Cup. See, Challenge Cup, I always feel like, is a very difficult one to pick. Yeah. Because it's kind of picking which team's going to have a nice little run of forms, going to kind of peak at the right times, who's going to have the right players to sort of push them through yeah. a, uh, a tough kind of quarterfinal or semifinal. Like... Every se- season we seem to see. It's for me, I've stuck down who they are. Now, I quite like what they've done in their recruitment. Hmm. They're going to be a very interesting team to watch. And I feel like they might just have some quality in there. Obviously, recruitment at Gildart, um, Peter Hicko. Nyla Hubble's on the wing. 
Nile Evold's on the wing, obviously. Hopefully he'll be back fit from a, a cast point of view. It's, it'd be nice to see him doing yeah. well. We don't wish ill on any any former players at all. Um, so yeah, I, I just feel like they've got a little bit, and I feel like they've they've gone close a few times in in recent years. It, it's maybe time for them to just go that little bit further and go and, and lift the trophy. Interesting, interesting. Obviously, like I say, yeah, got to the final this year. Know what it takes to get to the final. Yeah. Just they got very very close as well. Let's be honest, exactly. it was extra time. Could have gone either way. Uh, so solid pick, whole KR. I hate my picks, really. <laughs> I don't like my picks. I really hope they don't come to fruition. <laughs> I was very close to giving someone a double. Very, very right. close. I'm going to give the Challenge Cup to their near neighbour, St. Helens. Um, right. Main reason being, I don't think they're going to win the league this year. I don't think that squad's quite there, um, which is no knock on them. They're still going to be up top four, no, no doubt. And they're still going to be good enough to win a cup competition, I, I think. And I feel like... Again, it's not really much of a spoiler. I'm probably not giving away too much. I have got Wigan to win the league. Um, St. Helens don't go two years without winning stuff. No, uh, It doesn't, it doesn't go all. down well when they, when they go two years without winning stuff. So I almost feel like there'll be a little bit of pressure on actually attacking the cup a little bit as well, particularly if the season goes the way we think it will. Wigan absolutely set the league like early doors. Um, it feels like an opportunity for Saints to get that silverware, to be honest. And let's be honest, you only have to win four games now uh, to actually win the cup. Not when you're a team like Saints, I don't think so. I'm, I'll probably throw St. Helens in uh, the, the Challenge Cup winner hat, although I certainly don't want to see that. Uh, please, please give me an upset. I'd much rather see <laughs> win the Cup. Um, but yeah, Super League winner. God, it's boring. I know only four teams have ever won it. Nada, nada, nada. It'd be a back-to-back, but this looks a very, very, very strong Wigan team this year. And it, I think it would take a fair few injuries and things behind the scenes to go wrong for them not to at least make Old Trafford, to be honest. Well, I'm about to... No, I'm not. I'm not about to show you. I've gone Wigan as well. <laughs> I wasn't even going to try and tease it. No, I've gone Wigan. We're, we're in a period now where I think Wigan could quite easily do what St. Helens did and win it kind of multiple years in a row. It's just that team looks unbelievable. I know we, we sort of said it towards the back end of last year that this team's good and they're going to win it going to win the grand final in 2023 and we always prefaced it with and the team looks even better for 2024 these are all already the guys that are the best in the league they won the grand final last year and they're just they're, they look even better on paper yeah. obviously it feels, a like, feels different like they were ahead of schedule last year don't it? yeah yeah they've almost they've they've hit the front maybe a year earlier than what they expected yeah definitely but yeah I've got I've gone Wigan yeah and I I think you'll be. I think it'll be tough to find many people not predicting Wigan uh, to at least top the table, uh, if not win Super League. I think it'll take literally a Saints fan or maybe a really, really, really confident Warrington fan. But I mean, all the best. No. Uh, yeah. Good, <laughs> no, good luck, guys. Uh, it's the first time I've mentioned Warrington, which probably says it all, really. Yeah. Um, Man of Steel, then. Uh, Man of Steel. Before we get into Cass, um, it's an interesting one, the Man of Steel, isn't it? Because I think obviously. Not always necessarily the best player in the league because the way it's done for those unaware since 2019, they moved to the the three point system. So every game has three points attached to it. Basically, the old Albert Goldthorpe League Express model. Um, and since 2019, the winners have kind of followed suit. It, it, it made sense. Jackson Hastings was clearly the best team in the Salford team. Macca was the best team, uh, yeah. best player in our 2020 COVID season. Brody Crossed at Salford, none of that. 
the outlier probably will be Bevan French uh, yeah. this season, but he's just very, very good so that that can happen. And then in terms of positions, again, it's it used to be kind of a bit the hard man award. Not anymore. I, I looked earlier. If we're calling French, I, I hate to pigeonhole but Bevan French because he's a bit of a jack of all trades, but he does wear the six jersey. So I can't half back. <laughs> yeah. It, you've got to go to 2010 before it's been someone who's not a halfback, a fullback or a hooker. So it was Pat Richards who, who won it from the wing. So generally it's going to be one of those positions. Who are you opting for? You've just kind of prefaced it with it's normally the best player in a maybe not the top team. Yeah. I've still gone for a Wigan player, which I'm sure might shock people. He's just signed a, a long-term deal. It were announced sort of this week. Yeah. And I feel like he's the best player in the Wigan team that's not won the Man of Steel yet. He, yeah. seems, he seems to pick up a couple of injuries that kind of knocks mm. him out of a few games. And those are the games that normally... French fills in and has a wonder and, uh, and gets the three points at every game. So it is, of course, Jai Field. Yeah. I feel like for the last few years since he's been at that Wigan team, he's probably been the best player in the league and really yeah. probably should have won a Man of Steel. I'm sure we can all agree. When it, it's, He's the one player that I fear amongst everybody in Super League because I feel like it, it, his change of pace the things he brings to the game is just unbelievable. Yeah, he's fantastic. And if Wigan are going to be as dominant as we said, yeah, you can see it. You can absolutely see it. And it probably probably is an element, as you say, if he can play every game, he's got a fair chance of doing it, which is testament to him. I think Fields are very safe, uh, very safe, good, good pick. Uh, I went the other route. I did go for the slightly smaller teams. Uh, Yeah, I think that's fair. (laughs) But in terms of a, a team I expect to be a little bit lower down the table, uh, I did consider Moylan. I've got Moylan's name written down. Um, mm. I just went away from it because I still think Lackle Lamb's very good. Yes. I think him and the Pape as well are probably going to take points off him, which is the only yeah. thing. Um, so I kind of whittled it down, whittled it down, whittled it down. And I thought about it. I thought, oh, there's there's quite an obvious one in that kind of category of maybe a team that's going to come somewhere between maybe fourth and sixth. Um, but it's probably going to be the standout name I would suspect in one of those positions and we discussed it earlier because they've got rid of Jordan Abdul they've got rid of Ron Mills they've got rid of a bunch of these players so I think Michael Lewis has got a shout That's a shout. he's got the seven jersey he's going to be the focal point isn't he they've built a lot around him but he's very much going to be the focal point he attracts attention no matter what he does whether he has a good game or bad so he's never going to be far from the points anyway um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's doing the voting that day. They've only got one eye on it. They're probably going <laughs> to probably going to keep an eye on Mikey Lewis, aren't they? So, I imagine he's well up there for the points generally on on on, on an annual basis. So, I think based on that logic, it kind of fits every category. I think because I think Mikey Lewis, yeah, stand up playing on OKR team. So, I think he's got a good shot. I'm going to steal this year. Yeah, he's very much been given the keys to that team, hasn't he? With the with the moves that they've made in the off season, it is basically his team now. He's yeah. in charge. He will run that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very good pick. And I think if, that's a very good shout for the ones for like a team not sort of in that Wigan and Saints conversation. Yeah. So enough about them 11 other irrelevant teams. Yeah, we're not bothered. Uh, let's talk about Cass. <laughs> let's talk about Cass. So signing of the season. Let's do the same categories. Sign, yeah. Who do you think is going to end? There's plenty to choose from, to be fair. But I will, I'll rush you for a name. 
he's somebody signing he's, of the season. He's somebody I got so excited about, and he's somebody I've I've mentioned to yourself and to a number of other people when I've talked about players that Cash should look at and sign. And I got so excited when we actually announced him, Rowan Milnes. Yeah. I think he's going to take this team to a different level with his play in and around sort of in the halfback position, his shot kicking game, his skill. He's a big body as well, so he's not going to be scared to t- stick a shoulder and he's going to be able to take a tackle. Yep. He's going to challenge the line. It, it, I feel like his skill level is just going to elevate everybody around him. I feel like he's really going to be an amazing player for this side in 2024. Yeah, I was also very excited for that one. I think it's uh, I think it's a really, really shrewd move. Uh, I think it's put O'Kara in all kinds of problems <laughs> for, the, for the reasons we've discussed. I think having him in there would have been would have been nice, and the thing with Milnes as well is because he came up. I think did he sign the same week as Maguire was announced, or pretty much brought over. Yeah. Danny Maguire clearly sees something in him. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what you want, isn't it? If you're, oh, like, yeah. you've got to take a player, like, someone like Danny Maguire, he fancies you. That's that's what you want, absolutely. So I think Roman would be well up there. I really did consider him. He was probably he was on my shortlist. The only reason I haven't is I'm just not 100% sure right now. I think he will start. I'm just not 100% sure on the halfback partnership and they're going to pick the best combo because they should. Absolutely. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes for now. Um, I'm going to go Luke Hawley. Nice. I think that's a really good signing, yeah. Because, God, we've been crying out for a pullback. We have. For so long. Really, it, let's be honest, we've not really had one since Zach. Not really. Not an out now. Not, 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 not someone who's kind of grabbed that Grab that number one shirt with some real kind of intent. Um, he's going to have to convince a few, I think. Uh, there's a few people who don't really know that much of him. You know what I mean? Obviously, he's, he's come from Batley, but, but come from Leeds. But they get eight starts and something like that last season. He did score four tries. Uh, in that time, it's worth saying. But <laughs> he's got a bit of a point to prove. Clearly, Lingard rates him. I think he's going to get the one shirt. Uh, I'm, I'm confident of that. And I just think... Having someone who can, I mean, again, a lot of this is touch wood, obviously, but if he can string all these games together, if he can play 20, 25 games and just, just give us a proper fullback where we can have some actual just security at the back and also a fair bit of attacking uh, now as well, plus a bit of goal kicking thrown in there, I think that's a pretty decent package. So I, I think Luke Hawley could end up being one of the signs uh, of the sign of the season, but hopefully it's a pretty stacked category. We'd yeah. like to hope, so obviously, there's a fair few names knocking around. I mean, in an ideal world, the answer is Nixon Putt, isn't it? Because he's yeah. an absolute world beer, but I just haven't seen him yet. So yeah, he's half me to really judge that. Yeah, Hooley's a very good pick. I think um obviously we've got big raps and big hopes for Fletcher Rooney coming through, but he's yeah. probably maybe a year or two away from really taking hold of he's that. He's only that, that seventy or he might just turn eighteen, hasn't he's he? A, so it's he's a baby. Much. Let's it's be honest, much. he's a baby, really. Yeah. Hooley's played in the championship, got this vast amount of experience with Batley. Obviously, he has been in and around a full-time environment with Leeds. I think he's primed to have a really good season if he can string the, as you say, stay injury-free, touch wood, and really string a bunch of games together. I think he's only going to get better as we as we progress through the year as well. Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully, in an ideal world, both our picks uh, have a great combination together. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be excellent. Please do that. Um, breakout player then. So this is someone already at the club. This can't be a new signing. Uh, I'll kick off with this one. Um, I think this one just makes a lot of sense. And it is a little bit, there's a little bit of recency bias because I heard fantastic reports about him yesterday. But it's about time I think he has this year where he really does break through. And in the position he's at, 
there's an element of he almost needs to as well because I think it's one probably the one position where we maybe need a little bit of depth and if he could have a really really big year, it would fill a big hole in that Sam Hall. I really want Sam Hall. I think based on your reaction, that's also your pick, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we got. Uh, yeah, I agree completely. He's he's shown flashes, yeah. especially towards the back end of last year. I thought he was kind of a standout. In, in quite a number of games and you, you sort of look at him and think this kid's got a bit he's yeah. he, he he needs a run of games that's he's really gonna be able to sort of string some together, get some more experience, get a real feel for Super League. Yeah. But yeah, he, he's got a lot of things that you can kind of like. Um I keep I keep hearing, especially after yesterday's game, about his offload. Yeah. And it's something we've spoken about, his ability to sort of get the ball away, uh, take the ball to the line as well and provide a pass, uh, which I know we, we like more than most teams. Obviously, we've got kind of Watsy and Westy who are very much in that ilk. Mm. If we're looking at a Watts replacement, obviously he's getting up in age. He's only signed, a, I believe, a one-year extension. Yep. Stand up, Sam All. Perfect replacement, really. It just, it just this squad just feels like it just needs someone else. So we don't know what Sylvester Nemo is going to look like. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, and Marjorie comes back, but it just feels like the squad just needs someone to really reach out and grab that eight or ten shirt. Yeah. Um, and it might not happen straight away. I mean, George Law, George Griffin will probably take those shirts to start with, and that's absolutely fine. I hope they've had big years as well. But you'd just like to think maybe this time next year, it's not even a consideration who's getting mm. one of those jerseys. Hopefully, that name is Sam Hall. Um, top try scorer. This should be. I think it's quite an easy one. I think mm. because is it safe to just pick the left side of the winger? <laughs> but, it, it I mean, do we know who's playing the left ask. side? I think it's in a senior. I I think in a senior is playing the left. I'm going to go in a senior for top try scorer, which is a little bit in hope. But I'm going to go senior. My honourable mention here would be Josh Sim. For natural reasons, obviously, don't want to say I told you so on the podcast, but I, we did say a few months ago he's probably going to play in the wing, and people were like, no, no, he said he's going to play centre, he's going to play centre. Where did he play yesterday? Yeah. Um, I think Sim and Senior might be our starting wingers. I think that was a sign of things to come uh, at Keithley. So it could be either the two, uh, both could picks. I think Josh Sim's going to score a fair few tries this year, but I like that combination on the left uh, a lot, and I think it's probably going to be Sam Wood at centre there, I think, as well. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential there. I'm going to go in a senior for top try score. Yeah, as as picks of it being very similar at the moment, um, I'd put in a senior now because I, because again, I, I looked at obviously yesterday did the same as you kind of put it down as easy in the five shirt. It looks like he's going to play left center, uh, left sided winger. Sorry, um, but yeah, Josh Sim. Do we see a breakout of Jason Gary Gary? He's obviously a little bit of a enigma, just sat there waiting for his opportunity. Ain't a bad thing. It's good to have that competition, isn't it? It is. It is, and obviously he's gone gone away. Played with Fiji over, over the winter. Played in those international games. Is it going to really light a fire under him? Hmm. We're crying out to see more from him when he does get a chance. Obviously, defensively, he's looked very frail, very weak. Coming out of yardage, he's not offered a lot. We all know about his speed and his ability to turn n- nothing into into a try scoring yeah. opportunity. But you can't kind of hang your hat on that. Mm. You need to add these other pieces to your game. So hopefully we're sat here saying, wow, Jason Garrigari's really come on and he's the breakout player this season. Yeah. And we're sat there thinking, 
don't know where he fits in or senior in now. Because yeah. Jason Gary Gary's the, one of the first names on the team sheet. He's scoring at tricks every week, which would be great. Yeah. But yeah, I've gone senior because I just think he's the safe bet at the moment. He's going to be playing that left-sided wing. He will be in the tries. He's He's got such a turn of pace, which I can't wait to see him in an open field. Yeah. In a cash shirt. 100%. And just good high ball as well. I think that high yeah. ball as well, if, if we're in a situation where we've got obviously Milky, but then Milnes and Danny Richardson all capable of kind of putting those bombs into the corner, him and while Sam Wood's also there, just kind of causing yeah. problems with all six up four of him. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a tough it's a tough matchup uh, against any kind of big. wing centre partnership uh, just the sheer size of them so I think there'll be a fair few opportunities there so hopefully in his senior uh, can get among the tries as he has been throughout his Super League career uh, mm-hmm. to be fair player of the year such a tough one such a tough one uh, it is um, a tough one who, who, what name you got written down well you've got to sort of look back over the past few years we've got a two time reigning player mm-hmm. of the year in Joe Westerman. Does he take a step back? Does he carry on? We've got Paul McShane, who's been a leader at this club for years and years. You've got guys like Eliel Zakam, who I keep hearing so many good things about in pre-season. But I have gone for the guy that I had down for signing of the season. I've got huge wraps on Rome Mills. I think he really is going to convert this team into a real potential good side if he's around for another couple of years and we can really build around him he's going to be for me our building block for the next sort of five years and probably somebody we will re-up and be fighting teams off of yeah. when it comes to sort of um, the end of his contract so I've gone for Rowan Mills I just think that what he brings to the table is just going to really elevate this team he's going to be a force to be reckoned with and he's probably just going to be head and shoulders above some of these other players in, in the cast team. I'm going for Jacob Miller. I love you so much. That's going to turn so many heads. You're going to have heads rolling. I think he's got the best opportunity to be player of the year because if he plays okay, <laughs> people can be like, oh my God. <laughs> it, it's that thing. I mean, I, I'm, am I joking? Am I half joking? I don't know. I think he might be up there, genuinely. I think if things go the way we hope they go, he has to be, to be honest. Uh, I think he genuinely has to, be, he has to have a good year. I think he has to be up there. Because I love Danny Richardson's bits, I do, and I hope he plays a part this year. Yeah. He's still coming off an ACL. He's still not ready second week pre-season. You know, you can't hang your hat on that. You can't. Obviously, we've got Ron Mills in there. I hope you're right. I absolutely hope you're right. I hope he's a half back for the next five, six years. Milky's got an unbelievable point to prove this year. He cl- yes. clearly does. Interestingly, he was up for media, I noticed. He's, mm. he's done his interview with the Sportsman this week. He's he's not shying away from that. Saying all the right things. Everyone who will say anything about preseason is naming him, including Craig Lingard when he came to the pod. It, it, such an interesting point where Lingard was saying, he mentioned it quite often about the back rowers he was with uh, and the side of the field that yeah. he was playing with. Obviously, it was mainly Kenny Edwards. Obviously, for much of the year, it was Kenny Edwards and John Turner, wasn't it, really, on that left side? It's not the most mobile, is it? No. Uh, it's certainly not the most athletic, not the most explosive. You mix that in with, as we said, probably in his senior, Sam Wood, potentially Shabbat Asipala, or, or, or Elias Akeem, whichever it might be. 
all of a sudden you've got three lads, 24, 25 year old, absolutely raring to go, going to try and punch holes through a defensive line and create all that space. Yeah. It could be the difference. It We, we could, because that's the thing. If, I'm not saying Jacob Miller to be our player of the year has to be Man of Steel. Hmm. If Jacob Miller is the Jacob Miller we thought we'd sign from Wakefield this season, that would be enough for me to give him player of the year because yes. to come from where he's been with 100 missed tackles and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. to just hit the levels he should be at and become a bit of a leader and touch your directors around the park, that would be enormous. That would be absolutely enormous. And I think he'd have, he'd have to have huge, huge wraps of come from where he's been to hit that level. Um, so he's genuinely one. I think he's genuinely my pick. My, my honourable mention would be a name I just mentioned. I think Tassi Parler because I think he's probably going to be massive in order to unlock that. Um, and I, I really think he could be a monster to be honest. Shabbat Aspar, I think he could be awesome. I don't know whether he's a player for Cast long term because I genuinely think he's someone who's going to move on, uh, whether it be back in, back over in Oz or somewhere else. But I, I think he's going to be absolutely. He's going to be right up there as well, along with the usual suspects. I think Mac has got a lot of points to prove, testimonial yeah. gear, all that. And Westy's going to be Westy, let's be fair. But I, I'm going to stick with that. I, I really hope that Jacob Miller just gets, just becomes the player we hope we'd signed. And hopefully we now lay the groundwork and the foundation for him to be able to do that. And if he doesn't, then we'll see Danny Richardson in week three and there we go. Yeah. But you've got to get behind him. We have to get behind him. It's as simple as that. We're fans of how you've got to get behind a player like that. That's the biggest message I think we need to take from this is Fans need to get behind Miller. Yeah, they really do. They can't be booing him straight away, which I think. I don't think I don't think that'll happen. To be fair, I don't think we'll be going to Wigan Week One, and that that'll be the case. I don't think it will be. Uh, I think, I think enough cast fans are certainly smart enough and have got yeah. their head switched on enough to be able to, you know, do you know what? You've got to go blank slate because the rest of the teams are blank slate. Let's exactly. be fair. Um, We've hit the reset button well and truly. So. Giving Milky another chance is, is well warranted. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, okay, so that's play of the year. So just before we wrap up then, Challenge Cup, it's such a difficult one. Uh, where, 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 where would we get to? I've gone semi-final. I think it's a possibility. I mean, but Cup's so difficult, isn't it? I mean, it is. We could win it. We could be out in the first round. Depends on the yeah. draw. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah, I've stuck quarterfinal down, thinking we might win one. It's so a great time for a cup run. It feels like a it good was. year for a cup run, but it's tough. It is tough. But it, it'll bring a bit more of the fans on side. It'd really get the fans excited if we went on a cup run. It'd be great for the club in terms of selling merchandise and yeah. getting more revenue and getting more turnover, which is obviously then a big mark against IMG stuff. Yeah. We've not mentioned it really all, all podcasts. We had to talk about grading. Um, so if we're getting more turnover, more money through, it's it's only good for the club. So, but yeah, on field it's so tough to decide because obviously a lot of it comes down to who you're drawn against. Do you end up with sort of an easier draw, quote unquote, easier draw if you land sort of a championship side, yeah. sort of in that first one, or you could end up going against Wigan. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's really tough. I, I'll be yeah, slightly more tough than saying semi-final on the basis that it's earlier in the year and yeah. that's really what I'm going at. We might catch them by surprise a little more. <laughs> I don't know. I think the final's in June, isn't it? So it's a little yeah. bit... It's a little bit pie in the sky, that one, but it's got down to me. The real question, and we did, we did have another question written down, but I think we'll just... We'll get to that at a different time. So I know we're a little bit struggling with the time. We'll just go for the what people really want. 
which is where we're going to finish in Super League, and we'll, we'll wrap up with that. <laughs> do you want to put a number on it? We, we, we promised people months ago we'd put a number yeah, on it. Yeah, we, we, we would. And I, I've got a number, and I feel like it's, I've got an explanation for it. So you look at you look at the you look at the t- teams that are going to be competing in Super League in 2024. I think 99 percent of fans, probably even 100 percent of fans, can agree. It looks like London are going to be that bottom team. Yeah. End of the day, they've got nothing to really compete for in 2025. You can see that with their recruitment, they've not really gone out there and signed established Super League stars or people that are really going to keep them in the league, mainly because they're so far behind on the IMG grading. Mm-hmm. They could win the game, win every game of the season, win the Challenge Cup, go and win, just be unbelievable. There's pretty much no way they can get into Super League for 2025. No. They're just 12th place. So, fans... With, with all due respect, I'll just jump... With all due respect to London Broncos, and I hope they give it a good go this year. Yeah. You look at that, that's the weakest squad in Super League history. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And it, it, as you say, it, it's a byproduct of the situation we're in. Yeah. But it's the worst squad I've seen in Super League, so I, they're going to come to If they don't become twelve, if if they finish eleventh this year, great it's honestly season. one of the more it's one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen in yeah. Super League. It really is. And I can't blame their owners for not spending the money. No, absolutely not. I've got no blame on them. It's just no. it's just one it's of those things. The process that's unfortunately we're we're in the midst of. Yeah. So that we we're not twelve. I've not put twelve down. So cast yeah. fans will be happy about that. <laughs> yeah. At least not. We're not all doom and gloom. No. Now, I've put 10th. Okay. Because after the year we had last year, mm-hmm. we finished 11th. Obviously, Wakefield went down. They finished 12th. London are now going to finish 12th. We've said that. Yeah. I think 10th is an improvement. It is. I mean, it we finished 11th. Is. It's an improvement. And I feel like at the point we're at now, any improvement is good. If we finished 10th, if we finished above another team, because we were so far away from every other team last year, and I think we could all agree that. But I think crucial as well, to, to come 10th, you'd probably need five more wins. Exactly. Which is, a, a, I mean, it's more wins than we had, isn't it? Or just yeah. about as many wins as we yeah. had. So it's, a, it's a fair chunk, isn't it? Yeah. So I think 10th, and anything above that, I would quite happily take. I, I would be over the moon with, but I, I just want to finish above another team that isn't London. And I feel like we can take as positives with that. Hopefully, that keeps us in Super League. Um, so I know, I know. I'm just going to touch on the last question that you put on. Uh, we spoke about we wanted to cover where the club will be next year. Mm-hmm. I think the ultimate goal and the main point that we need to be next year is still in Super League. Yeah, hundred percent. That I is the ultimate the club, goal. Yeah. yeah, that is what we want to achieve as a club, from every fan to every player to the guys, obviously that now own the club. Super League's the goal for 2025, and that should be realistically the only goal. It is, it is. Um, and yeah, last just to finally touch on that question, which we're not going to dive into because we don't have the time, but yeah, just tangible improvements to the jungle, which we have to see. We simply have to see that in the next six to nine months. So, naturally, that has to be the case. Just some financial stability, which I believe we've got now, or yeah. we'd like to think we have, thanks to Martin Jepson. And, uh, the moves that have been made, and then, yeah, Super League, Super League survival, ultimately. Um, going back to the point, you've gone 10th. I've gone slightly more ambitious. <laughs> I've gone 8th. I think 8th is a possibility. Yeah. Um, I think 7th is a possibility, and I just kind of – I was teetering on that one. I'm going to say 8th, but I think 7th because 
there's always one of the top six who just really underperforms, whether yeah. it's a Warrington or a Leeds previously and things like that. It can happen. Uh, obviously, you've got Okay, Aaron Lee, you've set really high standards for themselves, but you've got to hope nothing collapses, nothing kind of explodes in the faces yeah. there. We've already mentioned Okay, you don't want Michael Lewis to go down, for example. Um, but I've gone eighth as a, it's probably a high, it's probably a, an upper bound, really. But as you say, you've got to look at teams who are going to come below. London should go about saying. And I'm looking at squads, and this won't be popular with the fans of these clubs, of course, but I look at Salford, Huddersfield, yeah. and Hull FC, and I go, they're not a million miles better than us. There's no one who's going to convince me that any of those squads are far better than us. It, it, they're not. It's and not in, far gone, in at least two of the cases, Hull is probably the closest. I genuinely look at that Salford and that Huddersfield side, and I go, there's players in that 13 who I don't think make our 13. Yeah, which probably says it all. Um, there's probably a few whole lads who get in ours for sure. There's not all that many in those other sides. I think people are probably underestimating how big Acker's Croft <laughs> leaving yeah. Salford, and more to the point, not really being replaced in a big way. You know, Cade Cust is probably going to be their main option at six. I mean, we we talked about the opportunity of bringing him in as a, as a backup, essentially. Don't know if he's got enough to just kind of lead that team around the field in the same way Brody Croft did, especially while losing a, a really good hooker in Andy Akers. See, I was gone. We don't know what's happened with the Burgess situation. Salford just feels a bit toxic this year. Salford just yes. feels like that A could come at them. The wheels could really come off. Yeah. And then Huddersfield. Don't know. Aging, I, Aging side. It feels like a, a team that was designed to win last year yeah. and didn't. And wasn't good enough. And then you look at look at some of the moves they've made, and it's just I don't know. I don't love that. They've lost a bit of. I hate that culture word, but there's, there's something not quite right. Huddersfield, uh, even like the McGillivray stuff when he retired, and there was it was comments from him just saying that it was essentially just a meeting with Watson, and that was kind of it. And yeah. you know, a player like Jerry, you know what I mean? All that Huddersfield just doesn't feel quite right either, and the squad doesn't look quite strong enough to me. Um, one, one. I don't want to speak ill of a former cast player, um, and certainly not someone who's played as many games for for cast as he did, and you know, probably the modern day legend of cast. Really, Ads Milner's got the nine shirt at Huddersfield yeah. this year, and with respect to Ads Milner, he's never had the nine shirt at cast in all his time. I don't think. Um, or maybe he did way back. He might have done way, way back. back when he's uh, not Daz had Clark it for a thought. number of years, though. He probably did when Daz Clark thought odd fourteen, didn't he? Um. But he's not really a starting hooker for in Super for me for many years because he's played in other roles, probably in a, in a better position. He's played a 13 probably a, mm-hmm. to a better degree. I don't think at this stage of his career he's a starting nine in Super League. Isn't I'm, not, I'm not sure he would agree, no. <laughs> to be fair. And you just look at a few bits of that squad and I'm not too sure. And then Hall FC, really big, really athletic. Don't know if there's enough there. Just it's, Hull FC. <laughs> and it's Hull FC. The wheels fall off every year. So... They do, and no, the, they're exactly relying. So. They're relying on Jacob Truman coming. Jake Truman coming back, and yeah, there he was, etc. I'm not so sure. So I think eighth. I think eighth's a possibility. Good possibility. Hopeful. I've yeah. I've probably gone a little safe with I my ten. Anyway, but... Anywhere in that bracket, though, I think anywhere yeah. in that bracket, you're, you're definitely possible. As long as we are playing attractive banner rugby, we're more exciting. Throw the ball about. And we we have a dig. We have a proper dig for eight minutes every single week, which maybe wasn't the case last year. Yeah, it's an improvement. And as we've said multiple times, as the coaches have said, as the directors have said, as everyone said, we're looking at three, four years down the line rather than just this year. And that's ultimately the message that's got to be said. 
Right, that's our predictions. We'll look back at it. Well, I'll, I'll look back at these in a year's time, and they'll be horrendous. Yeah, But we had to have a go. We had to have a go. We hope you've enjoyed. Obviously, we want to hear your predictions as well. So do hit us up on Twitter at Kivecast on Facebook at Kivecast as well, uh, and let us know your predictions in these categories. I'd love to hear from you all. I'm sure there's some very interesting opinions. I'd love to see how many have gone Miller at player season, <laughs> but it's not many of you. <laughs> you might be on your own with that one. Maybe so, maybe so. Um, but yeah, that's been an absolute pleasure and bittersweet, I must say, very, very bittersweet because we do have we do have a little bit. Well, you've got a little bit of news, haven't you? Yes, I've got a little bit of news, and it's sad. Uh, I'm very gutted to be announcing this, but I will. This is my last episode of the Kivecast. Um, things in outside life, work wise, has meant that I've taken a role that is a bit of a conflict of interest. Uh, unfortunately, it is back into rugby league. I, I am now heading up a media and comms team within the rugby league world. I'm not saying which team, but I'm sure a few of you will be able to find out. Um, it's but, digging. Yeah, it won't take <laughs> much digging. Um, but unfortunately, that means that I, I will have to step away from the Coif cast, and it's obviously something that I've really enjoyed doing alongside Ross. Um, he got me on on the second episode to do sort of a what could our 2024 team looks like? We're look, obviously looking at a very, very different team in 22, heading into 2024. Good effort, though. I must say, yeah, it's it was a good bit effort. bad. <laughs> bit bad. But um, it's been enjoyable every time. It's obviously given me a chance to talk to fans, obviously get our point across. Me and Ross have been friends for a long time, and it's given me a chance to spend an hour or two every every week talking to a very good friend of mine, which we, we maybe didn't do before. So it, it's been really nice to reconnect with yourself and hopefully we'll be able to start a go for a beer and continue that friendship which will be really good um but of course yeah you won't be hearing my voice anymore which might be a good thing or a bad thing depending on how much you enjoy listening to me but it has been an enjoyable ride for the last sort of few months i'm i'm good we can't do it for a full season in 2024 but yeah, real real life work and paid work kind of comes first. And it's a conversation me and Ross had. I actually, I think I consulted you about the role that I've taken and I, I kind of pondered <laughs> you were like, go for it. I know what you're, you're like, go for it. With respect, so, I, love, I love what we've built, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and until we, until I managed to turn the podcast into a million pound industry, <laughs> yeah. not a great deal. I then I might come back. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, it, this, this, Kivecast was Ross's baby to begin with. Um, you heard from him in episode one, and he's done a few solo episodes, and obviously it will be in very, very good hands. You've heard the interviews when he's gone and grilled Danny Wilson and Matt Grattan and got the answers that you fans were really clamouring for. He's a he's a talented journalist at heart. He, he really does know how to ask the big questions. The Kivecast will be in very, very good hands. I know me and Ross spoke just before we started recording and obviously we, we knew this was coming. And um, I'm sure he'll have some very special guests on to help fill the void. So it's not just Ross on his own, but I'm looking forward to going back to being a listener. I will be listening every week, Ross. You know I will. And I'm sure I'll be making comments about some of the stupid things you say as well. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm tearing up, mate. Tearing up. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, first of all, congratulations. I mean, also to get to get a role within the industry you love is is awesome, and um, I'm I'm proud of you to be honest. There, for, for taking that gig on, and, and you'll absolutely smash it as we discussed you, just man. before we got on air and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, we'll be keeping in touch, yeah. uh, regardless. And uh, I'm sure the listeners will uh, 
I wish you all the best as well uh, in your endeavours uh, within the rugby league world. Um, yeah, this is not the end for the podcast, uh, as no. Adam just said. I will be I will be carrying on. Uh, I started in this little box room uh, in May. I'll still be here next week uh, in some way, shape or form, and I'll try and create as much wonderful content for you all uh, as I can. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll be cracking on into the 2024 year uh, as Cass try and formulate this rebuild, which I'd kind of talked about way back in May. Uh, let's, let's see how far along we can actually get. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, thanks so much for all the help, mate, uh, over the last kind of six, seven months. Obviously, you you were you were that good. You came on episode two. I couldn't help but bring you on. <laughs> um, but no, I, it's been it's been a, it's only been what 26, 27 episodes, whatever it might be. But it's been a ride. Really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and I'm sure the listeners have too. So uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. A little bit bit bittersweet moment, but it's been fun. It's been very Definitely very fun been. Uh, while it's lasted, and we'll move on into their new little Coifcast era. Thank you so much uh, for listening, as always. Uh, get in touch with us on social media, as I say. Hit us up with your predictions. And uh, we'll see you next week. Coif. <laughs>